Hello and welcome. Edith Bowman here. You're listening to Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. Do you want to hear new music but overwhelmed by the choice? Well, please look no further. I've got some exceptional new artists for you today and I'll even be speaking to some of them. Well, two to be precise, Australian music duo Pilgrims will be in my virtual studio a little bit later on to talk about band origins and new beginnings. That will be followed by a chat with a man I feel very lucky to know well, Mr. Felix White, guitarist for the Maccabees and founder of label Yala Records. Now, Felix knows a thing or two about what it's like to break into the music industry. So that, my friends, is exactly what we'll be talking about. But before the talking, shall we get some new music? To kick off proceedings, we have Micra. Micra are from Sydney and met at an unknown mortal orchestra gig. I love it when you hear bands meeting at gigs to form new bands, some kind of sonic birthing synthesis happening. Well, this is their latest track, Under My Skin.
lovely texture that's under my skin from Micra. Hemi Moore next, a talented musician and a brilliant vocalist too. Far-reaching and evocative tones to his voice showcased fabulously on this, his latest release, Faith. There's no reason to run Like you and I got something to hide I love you just the way we are Perfectly perfect Maybe this is just is Faith from Hemi Moore. Really soulful and I adore those delicate Spanish guitar riffs and the drum sound. Something brilliant about the production on that. I love it. This is Play Next, brought to you by me, Edith Bowman and BMW. Now, if you didn't know already, as well as being a podcast, we also have our very own companion playlist. So please do head over to BMW UK on Spotify to find your favourite tracks from today. Now, if you're anything like me, this last track of three is guaranteed to be lodged in your head pretty much immediately. Hot on the heels of fellow Chess Club Records alumni Jungo, Mo and Wolf Alice is Alfie Templeman, who I describe as an indie polymath. Still in his teens, he's already released a string of incredibly catchy tunes, including this summer's Happiness in Liquid Form. Well, here is his latest single, This Is Forever Isn't Long Enough. Tracing back the past now I'm home at last Feels like couldn't you be getting it 
my head Laying on my bed Losing all my sense of feeling Self-doubt lingers on my fingers Wish I could escape into you Holding on to things I sell through Missing what the others abuse I don't want this wave to stop Away. Darkness under ceiling. Things they come and go. Life still moves along. Marvin sings about healing. So Hugely talented Alfie Templeman with Forever isn't long enough. Proper punchy, catchy pop song that. Coming up, I'll be speaking to the brilliant Felix White, who was in one of my favourite ever bands, The Maccabees. We'll hear from him about how he finds and identifies breakthrough artists for his label Yala Records. But right now, let's find out a bit more about an exciting duo. Pilgrims are made up of singer-songwriter Jacob Pearson and multi-instrumentalist Jonathan Bowden. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing, as are quite a few others, as their songs have already had over 10 million streams. Their journey to find one another is one lit with persistence and a lot of YouTube searches, but I can't tell it as well as they can. So here are Jacob and Jonathan. Jonathan and Jacob, thanks so much for joining us on Play Next. Are you guys both in Sydney? Yeah, I'm in uh, the centre of Sydney and Jake's a little bit further out. We are loving your music because it's kind of got this brilliant sort of um, atmospheric nature to it that 
for me anyway, it really incites a kind of warmth and positivity. Um, I wanted to ask how Pilgrims came about, how you guys started and when you started making music, really. I mean, I'll, I'll answer this one because I kind of uh, was the initiator. I uh, had been involved in a few different projects to various levels of success and then started writing some some new stuff and had a few songs kind of finished with melody ideas and that kind of stuff. But I'm not the greatest singer, so I kind of realised that I needed somebody to sing these songs that I was putting together and I embarked on a little bit of a search online YouTube and, you know, various other platforms. I want to know what you put in the search engine. What did you type in the search engine? <laughs> Still to this day, I, I don't know. I would type in, like, artists that I like or, or pe- voices that I, I liked of people and then, you know, people that did covers of those people. Yeah. Anyway, I had, like, a, a short list of maybe five people and Jake was kind of, like, top of my list and it just coincidentally he kind of lived relatively close and I sent him an email and then you know he was keen so we met up and then yeah the, the rest is kind of history. With that first meeting I guess it's it's kind of almost like weirdly a bit kind of blind date-ish in a way because the chemistry between you both in terms of you know that that kind of fusion of creativity has got to work there's no guarantee that it was going to exactly. something but was it quite instant for, for for you both you know in terms of oh yeah we're both on the same page or this kind of fusion of what we're into could sound really great. Um, well, I know Jake, when I met with him, I kind of, you know, talked about some of the projects that I'd been involved in and he was like, one of them, he was like, oh, that was you. I really loved your stuff. And then, yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know, I, we played a few demos and because he comes from more like a, a singer-songwriter background, so it was more, I guess, he was sort of the one that was kind of, you know, breaking into new ground more so than than I was. So I don't know, I guess. Yeah, it was a bit of a leap of faith for me. But yeah, I was pretty excited to to work with Jono. And even though weirdly, like, when we're quite opposite as far as personalities go, but it seems to work really well. And then how does it work when you're... You know, you get together, you you find a kind of connection there. There's definitely a potential to do something creatively together. When you're finding the sound that you want to make together as pilgrims, was that easy to kind of come to? And then how does that work in terms of what's the what's the process of creating for you both? I mean, the stuff that we've made thus far has followed a, a kind of similar um, pattern where I kind of take a, an idea that I have into the studio and work on it. We have a, a mate of ours who's a producer um, who's kind of worked on all that stuff with us. So I guess he's kind of like the unofficial third member of Pilgrims. But So we'll kind of go into the studio, flesh it out a little bit. I'll kind of like sing my melody ideas, la, 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 over the top and then send it to Jake. I usually change them as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird balance of chaos and control but it works do you mind if we talk about a couple of specific tracks i don't know how would you describe your sound i know it's the hardest thing to do asking artists to describe the music that they make but you know someone says oh you make music what kind of music do you make what how would you describe it i I hate this question because i'm not good at answering it but i should write down an answer and just repeat it but 
I think it's kind of changing a little bit, but I would always say that we have like a moody sound, something that's a bit serious. I guess lyrically, because I write most of the lyrics and um, I guess I'm a moody guy, I don't know. But um, the music can be uh, much more uplifting than the lyrics, so there's a there's a balance there as well. Yeah, I mean, I, when people ask that question, I usually kind of give them examples of bands that sort of are in that same realm. But I guess if you're thinking of words that kind of describe the sound, you would, you would say things like moody or evocative. I don't know, cinematic is a good one. The music, I guess, is kind of wide. I don't know if that makes sense. It's really called, it's like a landscape-ish. It's kind of got this, you know... Yeah, that's right. Which kind of, you know, you look out on a landscape and there's a lot there to see in colours and all that kind of thing. That's what I get from it. I think it's quite... Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was trying to say, but you just said it better. <laughs> Jacob, you can have that if you want to use that for when you're asked next time. Um... <laughs> yes, definitely. I've got it, I've got it recorded. <laughs> We talk about disappear first if you don't mind and the kind of the creation of that track and the journey of that track i guess that one kind of started off with that guitar line that you hear at the start and then i kind of had a bit of a melody idea for the verse and that was kind of really all that i had to start with and then yeah we we were searching for a chorus for that one for a while i think jake i remember writing the lyrics really fast for that i think because I don't know. It feels like so long ago. But yeah, I, I think it's still to this day one of my favourites that we've written just because of the way it came together so nicely. And there was no friction with the direction of it. We all just were happy with how everything came together. Lyrically, Jacob, how personal were your lyrics? Are you, do you find it easy to to be kind of, I guess, really honest with and about yourself when you're writing? I first started writing music it wasn't quite like this process. It was very, there was no team effort really like, so it's been a, a learning process as well. I used to just write songs in my bedroom, singer songwriter kind of stuff. I, I've got this little um, notepad that I write all my ideas on and yeah, it, it is a weird thing to find like you've written a lyric and then once you've recorded it, you almost find the meaning behind it more so than when you first wrote it. It's kind of, um, I don't know, like a bit of fortune telling. But there was a time we had to write, like a we'll finish. We had a, f a bunch of songs, and I had a I had to write about five or six tracks, and in less than a week, and I was like, I I can't do this. <laughs> I want to give up. But um, it was really nice to see that I was capable, and that's kind of yeah been something moving forward for me that just makes this whole project just feel very rewarding and motivating and um, a bit of a confidence boost as well. Jonathan, he is painting you out to be a little bit of a taskmaster, you know. Write me lyrics within three days. <laughs> I am actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
tell me a little bit about Dream You Up. I think that one was a little bit in terms of the journey of the song was a lot longer. There was quite a few different versions and iterations that it went through, you know, both musically and I think lyrically as well. Yeah, I don't think um, we originally thought that was going to be a single. It was kind of just like a random song we did, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of always had that piano thing driving it throughout but yeah that just the kind of everything else surrounding it and even the like the structure of the song there was a lot of kind of um chopping and changing and seeing which sections sort of fit together best but yeah i think what we came up with was yeah something that we were all very happy with well listen i hope you've got the uk down you know as to come across here and when we're allowed to and when you can yeah um, Jonathan and Jacob, thank you so much for your time, guys. It's really lovely to get to know you guys a bit better. Oh, then you're more than welcome. What a lovely pair they are. Here's their latest single. This is Pilgrims and Limbs.
from Pilgrims you can really hear that beautifully rich tapestry of production and Jacob's mesmerising delivery love it you're listening to Play Next with me Edith Bowman brought to you in partnership with BMW hit subscribe to hear me in your ears every Wednesday morning we're moving smoothly now into our second and last chat of the day on a topic close to my heart finding and championing breakthrough acts Any record label boss will tell you that breaking new artists has never been easy. And with the amount of competition, not to mention sheer luck involved, it's no surprise. However, it's safe to say our time in lockdown has added even more challenges to an already tricky endeavour. Major releases have been pushed back and tours promoting debut albums have been stopped in their tracks, leaving labels, well, in a bit of limbo. But with compilations and best hit albums now dominating the charts, we're starting to see a pushback from music fans and execs alike, unwilling to accept old material as the new norm. So how do you break through new acts? What do you need to know and look for? And are there any ways of doing so effectively under our current circumstances? Founder of Yala Records and a musician himself, Felix White, knows from varying perspectives what it's like to break through in the industry. And he also knows how to spot amazing talent, as is evident from his signing of former Playnext guest, Willie J. Healy. Felix, welcome in person. You've been talked about on the podcast already, but it's nice to have you here. Uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard myself been talked about briefly. I think with, when Willie was on the show. Yeah, he was awesome. That was really fun. That was nice. Well, when did you set up Yalla Records? What was when? When was the whole? Where did the idea come from, and why did you want to set it up? Uh, Yalla Yalla started because well, right at the end of the Maccabees, which it feels like about a million years ago, but I think it was. I think for Maccabee's last gigs were three years ago. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, I'll start crying <laughs> again. Yeah, don't. <laughs> but we, um, there was one, we had one friend who knew about that before anyone else. And he, he'd worked press for us, but he's called Morad and he's a really good friend of ours. And so while that was happening and we were working out how the band was going to finish, Morad came to me and said, I think we should do something together. And at the time I felt a bit, I felt completely like lost. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do without this band. Yeah. Um, so we struck upon the idea then that all the, all the things that are, the Maccabees have been based on at the start, like all the indie nights, the seven inch labels, all, all the written journalism, all that stuff didn't exist in the same way anymore. And why couldn't Yalla sort of, or why couldn't we start something that was that? So we started yeah. this label, which had monthly nights in my mate's club, who was actually the merch guy for the Maccabees, which is Bermsey Social <laughs> Club. He let us have his venue. And then we started finding bands we love and just sort of worked out how to print 300 vinyl and literally just sort of taking them into rough trade. 
and ask them to sell it. And then obviously it's like snowballed into what I hope is not too punchy to say a proper record label <laughs> three years later. Um, yeah. And it's been brilliant, been really brilliant. I'm so glad I've had it. It's been a real sort of crash landing in my life, actually, to have that to focus on. Does it feel like, um, I don't know, kind of the responsibility, but also you've got, it's it's such a brilliant and unique opportunity for you to take that experience that you had being part of a band and like you say the, the journey that you had as a band and use that and use the things that you learned the things that you did and things not to do as well and pass that on to to artists as well yeah I think that's all that's definitely all true but it's not it wasn't something I was consciously thinking of exactly as the more we've gone through I, I just did it because I like music and it's nice being involved with bands that are really good in whatever aspects yeah. and seeing it happen or just those nights so it wasn't doing that but the further we got into it the more I kind of feel a bit more like cerebrally like oh well music gave me this and so it's a, it's a responsibility of sorts to sort of hand it back down if yeah. you can a little bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah totally you know I look behind you and you've got is that a Wurlitzer <laughs> yeah good spot and uh and and another couple of keyboards and guitars and you've got a proper mic set up there is that is this your this is like man cave. This is exactly that. Yeah. So when, when like not to to go on dwell on it again, but when the Maccabees broke up, we split all the gear five ways. So I ended oh, up wow. having all loads of equipment <laughs> in my flat, and I slowly sort of set up a studio basically. And then, so that's this is where I do all that stuff. Yeah, or like do little home demos and things like that. Well, that's really nice to know that you that you're still making music, but you have to hold back from. You know, because, or is that, or, or do you not? Is it kind of like one thing where, yes, you 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 run a record label, but you're also there to kind of get involved if artists want you to, or if you feel like you can get involved on that level? That's a really, that's an interesting point, but it's strange because um, if I've got, if I'm p- putting a record out of a band and I go and see them, I can't even conceive of the fact that I could do that. I think of it like a sort of, like, you know, when you go to a gig, I don't know whether you have it, maybe when you watch someone, like, present something, I think you're not thinking, like, well, I would have, you know, you're just sort of in, you're sort of transfixing and all with what they do. And so when I see the bands and stuff, I can't even, I can't even imagine that I could do anything near what they're capable of, if that that makes sense. Because you just sort of, you watch it as a fan. So I never thought, like, well... Give that here. Let me show you. This <laughs> Let me give it the white treatment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just didn't, wouldn't assume that I'd be able to. I guess it's quite difficult at the minute in terms of getting that because I, I think that sometimes with bands, like you might listen to something and you'll go, yeah, yeah, I, it's all right. But there is something about sometimes when you see things live, like and you really, really get it, and it has it it has some kind of chemical reaction yeah. in you or whatever. You know, it's kind of it's hard to explain really. But because we can't really do that at the minute, are, are, are like bands doing like, I don't know, Zoom performances or stuff for you to kind of, or anything like that in terms of trying to get some kind of insight into what they are like live? I haven't been sent any personalised Zoom uh, gigs. <laughs> <It's been laughs> well, weird, I would be up it? for that. I would be up for that. Yeah. But I think... Um, or like socially distanced in the garden, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, Come that could happen. And we'll play. Yeah, that would be great. That would be really good. So maybe we should be sort of trying to initiate a little bit more of that. I, we, 
you just get sent. We've just been sent a lot of music from you know from demos, yeah. and that is really that is. Do you know what? I don't think there's any answer to that because I exactly as you say, you you get your feeling from seeing them. Yeah. And I yeah, don't know what. Too. Yeah, I don't know. I think even the Maccabees were that kind of band for a long time. Like I think it was always a bit like you had to see it. Yeah, you know how much I love the the Willie record. I think it's it's brilliant. Yeah, I love as well how it's hearing the journey of him from the, from his first record to like how it's like oh this is him this is him yes with the kind of record label boss head on. How do you work with an artist like that? What's the kind of I guess the story for where you see him and things. I think the thing that happened to Will when he, because he'd signed a he'd signed a major le- uh, record label deal with the first album. And I think it was a situation that you have so frequently where you, where someone like that gets signed, and then because it becomes evident within six months that it's not going to be like an out of the box Sheeran thing, they just go, mm-hmm. oh, "Don't know what to do with this." So and. I mean, I don't know what the situation was there, but so often that happens, and then the the people that are in charge of it, it is this sort of lack of yeah, um, care of duty. Do you know what I mean? Duty of care, but it's, it's, and those people get stranded. So I think with something like Yalla we set up, which is obviously a much smaller sort of label industry than a major record label, what we do is care about it a lot, and it, I mean, com- constant conversation, and it's about believing in that person, and you sort of hope that you win yeah. together as as that per, as as will or whoever it is grows i guess you get have so many situations with people in the situation that he was in with the first record where you it makes you feel rubbish about yourself when that when you get signed you get told you're gonna be a big deal and then and then everyone stops picking picking up the phone it makes yeah. you think it, it's such a fine line between being ultra confident and then i'm worthless and yeah. so many people get lost that way, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being told you're, you know, being told you're brilliant, going to be the next big thing sort of thing, and then that just kind of... Yeah. And also, yeah. I remember that feeling of um, if something's a success, and in the Maccabees, we had a lot of failures and a lot of successes, and when something's a success, everybody wants to claim a little bit of it. Everyone's phoning you up, and you'd always know when your single hadn't charted or something because no one would even tell you where it had charted it was almost yeah. like it had become no one wanted yeah, to yeah, even yeah. pass on the information or have anything to do with it yeah and I remember that feeling it's like oh you know yeah you need those people you need people around you who are as good as telling you the bad stuff as well as the good stuff totally it's such as there's such short-termism with how because everyone agents and A&R and da, 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 everyone needs to be successful quickly so no one's got the time to be like well, in three years, this person might write that song. That's not yeah. fast enough. Is there something that you've brought, though, with you from your experience breaking through with the Maccabees that you've I, not kind of passed on to people, but is kind of the way that you would do something or not do something in terms of telling new artists? Um, the only the only thing that, I, that became apparent to us may, or me maybe slightly later than it should have done is that nobody knows anything. You always... <laughs> You always feel like there's like some truth that you're searching for, but someone you're working with, like a producer or a label, will know the answer to, and you just have to sort of locate it. And it's such a liberating feeling when you realise everyone is making it up all the time <laughs> and no one knows what the single is going to be, what is successful. That's such a good feeling when you're like, oh, I can just say what I think. 
and maybe that'll happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Good advice for life, yeah. Felix. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited about you. Well, you've got loads going on, which we can yeah. and can't talk about, but yeah. um, very excited about what's all coming up, both with the, the label, but also with you. Thanks, Edith. Yeah. So I hope we get to chat again about it all soon. Yeah, me too. Always a pleasure, never a chore, to catch up with Felix White. To end the show today, we have the dulcet tones of London-based singer-songwriter, the fabulous Eleni Drakes. She has this wonderful mixture of blues and indie rock, as you'll hear right now in her latest single, This Is Kinda Hopeless. Isn't it funny how your world just disappears When you lose the ones you love And now you're six feet down below me I wish I played you one more song Summer came quicker than the waves that hit my feet Oh, can someone save me from me? Summer came quicker than when Jimmy died in his sleep Oh, can someone save me from Too much about anything wrong You stay And keep me some company Yours to keep Cause I'm feeling kinda lonely Close to me But it's looking kinda hopeless Yeah But it's looking kinda hopeless Disappointed but I guess Yeah.
That is Kinda Hopeless from Eleni Drakes. I love it how it's almost a really emotional waving goodbye to the summer. It's beautiful. So that's it for another episode of Play Next. As always, I'll be back in your ears next week with a whole new array of brand new music and breakthrough acts. Until then, we would love to hear from you. So please do leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening. 